You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. GHD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A Town Square Media Station. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Got a couple of days, a couple of sleeps until Easter Sunday. It is a good Friday, of course. That means Easter Sunday right around the corner. You can take care of all those Easter treats, chocolate treats there at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Mr. Jacob Harrison. And together, we combine to form the 60 Woo! Of Sports Talk Radio, Jacob, how are you doing on this Good Friday morning? I'm making it through. I'm re- I'm I'm ready for the weekend. I'm also not ready for the weekend, but uh, it's all coming together. One way or the other, right? One way or or the other, it is happening. A lot going on in sports, so we've got plenty to cover on this Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. You're welcome to jump on board as well at two zero five three four two. 9904, that of course being the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. It is a scrimmage day at the University of Alabama. The Alabama Crimson Tide football team going through its first scrimmage of spring drills 2021. First spring scrimmage of any kind in a couple of years. We didn't have any spring scrimmages last year. So uh, looking forward to this one. Perfect day for it. I would say in terms of weather, It's kind of like that Southern Conference Saturday that we used to always have. You know the Saturday I'm talking about, right? The Saturday before the Iron Bowl, when you'd either get the Citadel in here, maybe Charleston Southern on occasion. Who else? Tennessee Chattanooga 
has been a favorite for sure. Um, it feels like that. It feels like November 20-ish. Maybe even a little chillier out there this morning. Beautiful skies, so we love that. But the hawk is blowing a little bit. A little bit of a hawk out there this morning. But good football weather. And so they'll get after it this afternoon. What we'll do as we move throughout the program, we'll give you some areas and probably more specifically some guys at those areas that want to make really strong impressions on this Friday afternoon where some position competitions, position battles, we love to call them that, don't we? Position battles are currently taking place. We'll do some of that as we move throughout the show. Of course, we'll have Charlie Potter on with us. Coming up in the very next segment, we'll get Charlie's response to that opening day loss by our Atlanta Braves up in Philadelphia yesterday afternoon. Chile went up in Philly, and the... And the Braves fall three to two. Pablo Sandoval comes off the bench and hits a big one, a two-run homer to tie that game at two there. But uh, in extra innings, down go the Braves. Got that new extra innings rule, you know, where they put the runner on second base. I guess uh, a lot of people don't like that so good. But the Braves will look to get on the winning side of things tomorrow up there in Philadelphia. Off day today in Philly. They get back after it tomorrow. They'll go again Sunday. Then they're off to D.C. And then you'll have your Braves home opener in the ATL a week from today or next week. Yeah, late next week for the Braves with the Phillies visiting Atlanta, Georgia. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Alabama softball got it done last night over at the Rhodes house. Ocho job of visiting Texas A&M in game one of that series. Claire Jenkins, have a night, Claire. Three for four at the plate. Grand Slam really got that thing going for Patrick Murphy's club. Lexi Kilfoyle picks up her 11th win of the season, and she also she also ended the game with the RBI single there to eight-run rule the visiting Texas A&M Aggies. Bailey Hemphill, man. Just continues to cement her legacy as an all-time great at the University of Alabama, whether you're talking about walks, whether you're talking about RBI. They'll get back after it this evening at 5 Central over at the Rhodes House. No SEC Network tonight. Now, that 11 a.m. Game 3 tomorrow between Alabama and Texas A&M, that will once again be on the SEC Network, so you'll have that. You also tonight have uh, uh, Hardball over at the Joe, Alabama Baseball looking to win its first series of the SEC portion of the schedule. Top 10 team in the Tennessee Vols come to town. Vols coming off a sweep of LSU up in Knoxville. Alabama, of course, was swept last weekend by Ole Miss. So, important series. Never never too late a lot of times in a baseball season, and it's never a point where this early you want to start to maybe panic a little bit. But if you don't start taking some series sooner or later, even getting to Hoover can become problematic. So uh, you'd like to see. Now, look, this is I hate to say things like it's a front loaded schedule in the SEC because it's not like any weekend. You just get a weekend off. But I would say relative to the rest of the schedule. Yeah, this first three or four weeks or so, not exactly 
fast art friendly for Brad Bohannon's club, but need to take care of some business this weekend. You also had some college basketball news here in the last few hours. Sharif Cooper, the outstanding freshman point guard for the Albany Tigers, has declared for the NBA. Will sign with an agent. No surprise there. Really fun player to watch. Also, Scotty Lewis, sophomore guard for the Florida Gators, announces earlier today. He, too, will head to professional basketball. Sign with representation. That's it. Mike White, that roster continues to turn over the last couple of years, man. No one's turned over a roster, it seems like, anyway, like the Florida Gators. We'll talk with Pops about that later in the program. Get Pops' thoughts. We'll probably we'll probably be breaking some news to Pops, as we know. He's not always up to date on breaking news because that burner phone of his, that flip phone, doesn't have, I don't think he has a Twitter app on that Trek phone, you know? So he's not always up to speed. Hoops coaching, you know, we talked about that yesterday with Roy Williams stepping aside at the age of 70 from the University of North Carolina, three national championships with the Tar Heels for Roy. Illustrious coaching career when you also combine his accomplishments at the University of Kansas. So which directions which direction will the Tar Heels go? I still think anytime North Carolina comes open and it hasn't really of late because Roy's been there for what, nearly twenty years? Um I still think in house, just like I used to with Alabama football, really. Or at least someone with strong ties to the program. Hubert Davis is the most sensible hire. Hubert, of course, a great Tar Heel as a player, played in the NBA, did some television work for ESPN before joining Roy Williams' staff years ago. Would make sense with Hubert Davis stepping forward. And apparently Roy has told the administration at North Carolina who his personal preference is as his successor. Nate Oates' name, as you might expect, given the success of Alabama hoops this season has been thrown into that hoppa where the media is concerned, not as much from the national guys and gals as you might think. I'll say this for Nate Oates. I don't anticipate him being a real factor at North Carolina. Who knows how the rest of these dominoes are going to go. Although we did hear from Kansas this morning and Bill self has essentially been given a lifetime contract to coach the Jayhawks. So if you were wondering, if you were wondering if the Jayhawks were going to ride out the storm, potential storm with the NC2A in relation to the allegations against the Jayhawks under Bill Self's watch, you got the answer to that this morning. Bill kind of gave you the answer to that when he brought uh, Snoop Dogg and the stripper poles, right, to uh, Midnight Madness a couple years ago. That was sort of Bill's Middle finger to the NC2A. And now the administration appears intent on riding with Bill Self. So that isn't a domino that you anticipate falling. But if you're Nate Oates, yes, you had the new extension. Yes, you had the big buyout. But you know what else you got? If you're Nate Oates, you got the hammer. You've got some juice now coming off a season like that. And so however you want to get things sort of established for your program moving forward. And from a facility standpoint, I think Alabama's in an okay place. I don't know how much you can ask for from a an arena, renovate, uh, new arena. I don't know 
how realistic that is because you've got the pandemic and the revenue issues that you've had as a result of that. Also, how it's impacted impacting your ability to fundraise. Uh, but if you're Nate Oates, you got the hammer right now. You need to get this thing set up exactly the way you want it. And maybe it already is. Maybe he's totally happy with everything that's in place and everything that's in the pipeline for his program. But experience has told me whether it's football or basketball, and Mike Shula, to me, was a prime example of this following the 2005 season, and not so much because I didn't sense that the Alabama administration at the time wouldn't do a lot of the things that perhaps he might want it done, but it was also Mike not taking the initiative to do the sort of introspection that he should have done at the time to strengthen that program and really establish it as more than something than a one-off in the 2005 season. When you're coming off a season like this, you need to, you need to strengthen every aspect of the program as best you can. And Nate O strikes me as the kind of guy who will do exactly that. As far as the spring scrimmage today, first spring scrimmage, for 2021 for the Alabama football team. We talked about it at the outset of the open, some guys and some positions of particular interest. I think on defense, we haven't talked about this enough, but corner corner with Patrick Sertan, the second moving on sounds like Jalen armor. Davis is a guy that's worked up top early. The veteran with that first group at the corner opposite Josh Obe today, I would say is a big day for Jalen armor Davis, all those corners really. If you sort of if you sort of delve into these little practice clips we get from UA, you see some things from time to time. Like you see Marcus Banks, I think it was yesterday's practice. You see Marcus Banks in the background in a DB drill in a black non-contact jersey. Well, Nick has also said that Banks has been dealing with some issues. So that gives you an idea of maybe what's going on with him. At corner, but you've got some other guys in that mix. Uh, obviously, Jaquincy McKinstry is an early enrollee, a big part of that as well. Brandon Turnage has been around for a couple of years now. Ronald Williams, the junior college transfer, had an injury last preseason that sort of curtailed his initial campaign with the Crimson Tide. You've got some guys there that you want to see, and there's a lot of competition for just a little bit of an opportunity at corner because. If Alabama in the secondary sticks with this safety sort of oriented approach to its nickel and dime packages, in other words, when Alabama went to nickel last year, it was a safety of Malachi Moore that was the star. And that's essentially a starting position in 2021. Nickelback is a starter. When it went to dime, it got to the point, well, and it really was, it's always a safety typically in the dime at the, uh, at the money position. It was DeMarco Ellums early, then it became Brian Branch. Of course, then you had your two primary safeties. That changed as the season went along as well. Jordan Battle was the guy at one spot. Daniel Wright for a lot of the season, then DeMarco Ellums sort of took that over down the stretch. A lot of safeties involved. And you know Josh Job is the starter at the other corner. So, you know, you could be talking about five or six guys for one spot because corner right now at least, and maybe it will be in time, Corner right now doesn't project to be three guys in the nickel. In other words, your two starting corners and the star position 
being a third corner. Right now, that looks like a safety. We'll see. Inside linebacker Jalen Moody, obviously up. Moody up with Dylan Moses out. Christian Harris, of course, back as a starter at inside linebacker. You're looking for that other guy. Moody's opportunity right now. You heard from, you heard reports yesterday anyway. I know SI.com led the way, I believe, with this, that the D1 council for the NC2A is moving forward in anticipation of this one-time transfer rule going into effect. And you've heard Henry Toa Toa at BamaOnline.com with Hank South mentioned prominently as a potential transfer to the University of Alabama. And we even heard from Scott Strickland, the athletic director at Florida yesterday. So if you were wondering about the SEC intra-conference transfer rule in relation to this one-time transfer rule, Strickland said yesterday that if it goes through around the 15th is when this is anticipated to go down of this month, that he will approve of the intra-conference transfer rule going away, which is important if you're thinking about Henry Toa Toa potentially at the University of Alabama. For now, you've got Jalen Moody in there with Christian Harris. It could be down the road that Henry Toa Toa enters that mix. So Jalen Moody wants to be really good on a consistent basis. Offensively, you look at the offensive line, you look at wide receiver, you can look at running back, you can look at any spot over there. I'll go with Tommy Brown, a career reserve to this point. He's getting an opportunity with that first group at one of the guard spots as one of those guys, sort of a, if he's going to be a starter at some point in his Alabama career, this might be that spot. So I'd say it's important for Tommy Brown, not only today, but just moving forward in general. Bryce Young going to be a lot of focus on how he steps into that role as the starter for the time being. And then I'll go with Javon Baker at wide receiver because we heard so many positive things about Javon Baker uh, leading into last season and even into the season and through the season. We never really saw him a ton. Now, you didn't really need to see Javon Baker a ton because you – um, you had Devontae Smith, you had John Mechie for a while. You had Jalen Waddle. So, but now would be a good time for Javon Baker to, to show what the buzz was about last fall. Let's step aside to our first break. When we come back, Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com will join us on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama football is preparing for Saturday's first scrimmage of the spring. Head coach Nick Saban talks about seeing his players for the first time in a scrimmage setting. Other guys that um, didn't practice all that great, and you're really questioning them whether they know what to do, and when they get in a competitive situation, they actually do better. Now, that's something that you cannot always judge, you know, how a guy's going to do when he gets in a competitive situation. You know, some guys get anxious and, you know, they get frustrated easily and it affects their performance. And other guys are, you know, they, they welcome the challenge and they're, they're not bothered by uh, good, bad, or indifferent. And they just keep playing the next play and they actually do better. So, um, but for the most part, I think you kind of know who's ready and who's not. I'll have more in a moment. 
Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama baseball and softball are both at home this weekend. The softball team started its series on Thursday against Texas A&M and will have games on Friday at 5 p.m. and Saturday at 11 a.m. Baseball is hosting 9th-ranked Tennessee with games at 6 p.m. on Friday and Saturday before Easter Sunday's matchup at 11 a.m. at Sewell Thomas Stadium. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a sunny sky, the high today 60. Cold again tonight, clear with a low at 33. For tomorrow and Easter Sunday, lots of sunshine both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 68 for Sunday, the high at 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. I'm up on the tie wire. One side's ice and one is fire. It's a circus game with you and me. I'm up on the tie rope. One side's hay, back with one more is on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. Each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Got through the entire Open without even mentioning either of the Final Fours this weekend. You got the men's Final Four, of course, up in Indianapolis. The two semifinals tomorrow evening, tomorrow night. You got the women's Final Four cranking up later today over in San Antonio, Texas. Maybe the game I'm looking forward to the most of the four semifinals where the men and women are concerned is at 5 o'clock Central this evening. Two one seeds on the women's side, South Carolina and Stanford. Should be a great game. You got Russell Wilson's little sister balling for the Cardinal of Stanford. And uh, Dawn Staley, of course, and her Gamecocks, always tough. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not anticipating Final Four basketball this weekend all that much. Let's ask Charlie Potter. Charlie, what's your anticipation level for tomorrow's national semifinals on the men's side now that the Alabama Crimson Tide is out? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would watch it. Um, yeah, during the season, obviously, because we're – so busy you don't get to just watch just a ton of basketball at least for me i know i'm, I'm a little strange into where <laughs> like if, if i'm not covering it i usually kind of don't watch sports unless it's my favorite teams or the big games but this i mean obviously uh it's the big games and now you know the i'd like to watch the ucla game just because having watched them closely uh with the 
Alabama lost just to see how they fare against Gonzaga, but Gonzaga just seems like a buzzsaw at this point, so that one's almost not worth tuning in for. But I think Houston-Baylor will be interesting for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think that Baylor and Gonzaga have been the two best teams all season long, and it seems that like that's kind of on a collision course to, to play in the national championship, but yeah, Houston's been playing well in this tournament. So I think that would be a, a very entertaining and interesting matchup tomorrow. Yeah, it almost feels like you're required to watch the national semifinals every year, especially since we didn't even have them last right. year. So yeah, I mean it's it's a it's like a luxury at this point, just because last year was so strange. It was weird not having a an NCAA tournament, not filling out bracket, and having a bracket pool, and things like that. So yeah, it is definitely a situation to where you enjoy it a little more and cherish it uh, because you didn't have it around last year. Yeah, it was almost like the Jordan documentary last year had to fill the shoes of the NCAA tournament and some other things because <laughs> we just had nothing. We talked about the Braves earlier, Charlie. Your team is uh, your team is on pace for zero and one sixty two at this point. <laughs> they are. Are you panicking? Are you panicking yet, Charlie? Are you in full no? Panic? I'm. I'm not. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to see how the rest of the pitching rotation looks, and obviously you'll get Soroka back at some point. I love watching Soroka pitch, and um, you return basically the the whole lineup, and you know that lineup had a lot of juice last year. So uh, that's the good thing about baseball is there's a ton of games. So um, hopefully, Owen one sixty two doesn't happen. I, I don't think it will, <laughs> but I mean, had it been you know a different outcome yesterday, we'd be sitting here standing there going one sixty two and zero. So. You know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, interested to see that some of the new guys that they they added from a pitching standpoint get going here in the next couple of days. Let's talk some spring football because the Alabama Crimson side uh, will scrimmage this afternoon. Perfect weather for a scrimmage. Football weather out there today. Um, kind of went through some guys in the opening segment that today is especially important for. Have you given that a lot of thought? Because we've talked about positions where. Obviously, there is not just opportunity, but starting type opportunities. Uh, give me a couple of three guys that you have at the top of that list when it comes to uh, understanding it's it's a it's a it's a process that's going to continue on beyond today. But you know, you've got some guys that've been around here a few years too, and it almost feels like that fork in the road moment for a couple of them in terms of whether or not they're going to ascend to starter status at some point in their careers. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you talk about that, I always think of guys that have been around longer instead of the new guys, because you know, the new guys are coming in and, and trying to kind of usurp them to some extent. So they're, they're going to have plenty more opportunities to, to prove that they're worthy of playing time. But you know, the older guys, this is where they start to, to make a claim to start to take spots. I mean, there's obviously, you have another scrimmage in the eight-day game. You'll have two scrimmages in the preseason, but you know this is the first step. And um, you know, I think the the positions where where guys make a lot of sense is is obvious. Uh, at wide receiver, honestly, it can be anybody at this point. Um, you know, John Mechie out. Um, you only have really Slay Bolden with game experience, so the door is wide open for you know, the guys that were on the roster last year. That includes Javon Baker and Treshawn Holden, Thayer Jones Bell. A guy like Xavier Williams, who's been in the program for a while, and the freshman. You have three of the four uh, wide receivers out of them assigned in the 2021 cycle. I, I think the wide receiver position is just wide open. And, and hearing from Nick Staben, um, you know, he was, he was talking about, he almost sounded like he missed, um, you know, 
Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs the third, <laughs> Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, and, and that's you know, that becomes as no surprise. I mean, those guys are all gonna be first round draft picks, but you know, he took it a step further and said he doesn't think there's any first round draft picks on the team right now. So they have a lot to prove, I think, today and in the practices practices moving forward. Um, offensively, you know, guys that have been in the program I think now could really start to you know, set their feet in and, and, you know, get their claws into a position as a guy, maybe like Tommy Brown. I think he's worth some at guard uh, with the first team and he's been around the block for a while. And yeah, I think, you know, guard is, is smart for him because you have those two five stars that, that came on camp this, this off season and JC Latham and, and Tommy Brockermeyer. So I think this scrimmage is big for guys like Tommy Brown, big for guys like Kendall Randolph that have, that have been in the program for a while. Big for guys like Damian George and Davian Cohen, who's seen some first team run early in the spring. And then yeah, I think the for defense, the cornerback position for me is still really fascinating because they have some options there. I wrote about that earlier this week. But a guy like Jalen Armour Davis, uh, he came in in that same class with Josh Job and Patrick Shatan the second, and sounds like he's been working a decent amount with the ones there at the corner spot opposite of Job. So for him, um, you know, there's going to be some guys coming in the summer. You have a guy like Quincy McKinstry who joined the program. Um, you know, this spring you have guys that are going to be competing, but um, you know, for him, I think this is a big scrimmage to start to kind of you know, show why you deserve that starting spot. Other than Will Reichard, who was perfect in 2020, what other player, what other returning starter, what other area of this team do you think there's the least amount of competition right now? Uh, that's kind of tough for me. I, I'd probably lean toward outside linebacker just because, yeah. you know, Chris Allen, um, you know, he's entering his fifth year in the program. He was, he was great last year. He guys dealt with injuries, but it sounds like it's been a, a good leader for them. And, um, you know, we spoke to Will Anderson, uh, yesterday via zoom and he talked about how Chris just would stay after practice with him and, and help him learn the playbook and techniques and things. And, really answer any questions that he had and that shows maturity and, and leadership on Chris's part but it showed also how effective he was and helping uh, Will Anderson as a true freshman so those two guys are going to be tough to beat out their positions and, and there's some quality depth behind them with Drew Sanders, King Makuta, some of the younger players but um, I think you know from a depth and just from a returning experience standpoint outside linebacker like tops the list for me and then offensively I think the the one that I would maybe make the argument for would be running back you know, you lose Donshi Harris, who's a you know just a touchdown scoring machine last year. Uh, but Brian Robinson coming back is big. Uh, getting Keelan Robinson uh, to play this year is big. You wonder about the health of Trey Sanders, but it sounds like he's making good progress and at least out there on the field, which is maybe something more than some of us expected, which is good for him and, and his recovery. And then you know the progress and development of Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams. Uh, you have Kyle Edwards, who's another year older. You're going to have, you know, a five-star come in and Kamar Wheaton. So, you know, they have a couple positions where they're pretty stacked and they have some good experience. You know, others we talked about where where they need some guys to step up. But the outside linebacker, I think, could be a real strength for this team, especially if those guys can, can duplicate or maybe even, you know, uh, jump past what they did last year. Like other outlets, we have been monitoring the Drew Svoboda talk in relation to the staff opening created by the departure of Jay Graham, previously Alabama's short-term, short-time special teams and tight ends coach. Is it still what you're hearing? Is it still trending that way with Sabota? Um, Where does that stand right now? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not official yet. I, I don't really know um, how Alabama will go about doing that just because when there was nothing going on, they took forever to announce these hires. And now with spring practice, uh, it might be after April 17th. Who knows? I mean, again, mm. we're on Nick Saban's time, so you know that'll happen. But right now, yeah, it, it is still trending in that direction. Um, I think it's, it's maybe safe to say it's expected at this point. Now, again, I mean, this offseason has been a little wacky uh, with the, the coaching turnover. Um, you know, I think Carl Scott to the, the Vikings maybe surprised some people because he was a guy that was, you mentioned, for defensive coordinator positions. Uh, I don't think many people thought Alabama would hire a coach and to see him leave you know, less than two months after taking the job. So, you know, not set in stone yet, but I think it, it is, like you said, trending that way. And I think he's expected to join the staff, but. You know, we'll see if and when Alabama chooses to, to make that official. Yeah, some awkward timing right now because today you officially surpass, I think, the halfway point of spring drills. And you've already made a staff adjustment to address that one time. Maybe for the sake of continuity, you just go ahead and finish out spring and uh, look at making that more of a, a full-time situation uh, heading into May and the summer months and the preseason, but uh, we'll continue to have you updated there at BamaOnline.com, of course. All right, Charlie, uh, one thing that you absolutely want in your Easter basket, one item that has to be there to make for a happy Charlie Potter. He's happy anyway on Easter, but uh, just a maybe borderline elated Charlie Potter, the, the, the Easter treat that you, that you most desire. Oh, that's tough. Um, you know, we you spend some time walking up and down the aisles uh, at Target where they have their uh, <laughs> holiday section, and it seems like they just have more and more candy each year, especially at it's times like Halloween. Man. And yeah. it's, it's really entertaining to to see some of the stuff they come up with. But it's hard to go against classics for me, and the Reese's egg is just you know it's it's the number one pick. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do like. I'm a real fan of like Starburst and kind of like fruity mm-hmm. chewy candy. Um, and I've already snagged yeah. a bag of the uh, the Starburst jelly beans. Um, oh wow! But the all reds version. But yeah, I mean if if you're doing a you know a, a draft of Easter candy, it, it's tough to go against the the Reese's eggs. You know the great thing about Target and that candy section there is that it's usually right next to the pharmacy, so you can go right by and pick up your insulin. <laughs> You know, your diabetes medicine right after you get uh, – you can walk right through that section and go to the pharmacy so you can get your meds on the, on the way out as well. Hey, Charlie, before we let you go here, uh, we put a wrap pretty much on the Alabama men's basketball season, a great one under Nate Oates. We've talked coaching dominoes here on the program the last couple of days with Roy Williams moving on from the University of North Carolina, a change out in the state of Texas, Chris Beard going from Texas Tech to the University of Texas. Um, should Alabama fans be at least anxious where Nate Oates is concerned, or is that new contract that was negotiated, extension by Greg Byrne, athletic director, with a mammoth buyout? Is there some uh, sense of security, you think, there for Alabama fans in relation to their sitting head coach? Yeah, I think the the new contract, um, you know, the raise, the – the bump in the buyout uh, was well timed on on Greg Burns' part, and you know I don't think many people thought that that the North Carolina job would be coming open. I know that's kind of been a rumbling in the last couple of weeks, but also who announces a retirement on April Fool's Day? Come on! But 
I do think it, the the way that that Greg Byrne um, you know negotiated that and dealt with that was was well timed, uh, given what Alabama was able to do on the court this season, and you know the attractiveness of, of Nate Oates and um, you know what he's been doing. But uh, I, I do think that you know anxious is is a good word for it. Um, I think other people have said this, but I mean North Carolina is one of the top jobs in the country, if not the top job in the country when it comes to college basketball. Um, you know, Nate Oates, of course, would, would listen to it. That doesn't necessarily mean he would take the job, but you listen when those guys come calling. It's the same way, you know, Alabama fans, I know that they have been anxious and, and curious and, and worrisome about it, but it's the same way of if Nick Saban retired, um, you know, and, and Alabama comes calling, those guys are going to listen and Alabama fans are going to expect them to listen. It's the same way with North Carolina. So, um, you know, they do have that uh, tradition of, of hiring kind of in-house, you know, with Carolina guys. So that has, makes you feel a little better if you're an Alabama fan. But, yeah, I mean, if you're Nate Oates and Nate Oates' agent, uh, I think you listen. But he's been pretty adamant uh, that he's happy here. Um, you know, he, he said he didn't care what the buyout was because he wasn't leaving. He said all the right things. But, again, at the end of the day, you know, when Carolina comes calling, I think you listen. But, um, again, what Greg Byrne was able to do with, with his contract, with his buyout, it was well-timed. And um, for right now, I don't think there's just a ton to worry about, but you know, we'll see how this search progresses. Unless Carolina you know, just has a guy in mind and goes with that in-house hire, uh, I think people are going to be a little worried. But you know, hopefully, that they, for Alabama's sake, they go uh, a different direction and it doesn't drag out too long because that's when people start to really get um, you into conspiracy theories and, and all of other things like that on message boards. Yeah, I think roster management is the thing that'll be most interesting here moving forward between NBA declaration potential and the transfer portal, right? I think that's that's where I'm focused mostly, more so than Nate Oates is a possibility at, say, North Carolina. As I said earlier in the show, North Carolina tends to look more inward, it seems like, in situations like this, hadn't been a bunch, but with Dean Smith, we saw it, uh, and perhaps we're going to see it again with Roy Williams and an existing staff member up there in Chapel Hill. Hey, Charlie, as always, appreciate the time. Have a great holiday weekend, my man. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter. Outstanding, long-time coverage of the Alabama beat from Charlie Potter for us there at BamaOnline.com. We'll have you covered throughout the day where – Alabama's first scrimmage of spring football 2021 is concerned for sure. Going to step aside for a quick break. More of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. We're back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier 
Studio line right now, checking in with Ira on a gorgeous Friday. Ira, how are you doing? Travis, good. Long time. You're going to end with two old guys today with Pop. So, started with <laughs> Forney back in 1960 on the deep freeze listening to him. Listen, do me a favor first, and then I'm going to pop you a question. But us dish owners can't watch the Braves. Oh, Thank wow. goodness they're on the radio locally. I guess you know that. Uh, mm-hmm. But find out the cheapest way. I'd like to watch them every now and then if I can afford it to get some kind of, I'm not too computer savvy, but research that, and I'm going to call back and tell you a Bear Bryant story uh, from the past. But uh, if you'll do that, that might help a lot of people because Dish, okay. they, you know, they're not on it. So, and I don't know much about apps, but I can learn. I've got a good computer. But look, tell me about this Davidson kid, uh, this Gonzaga freshman, Suggs. I mean, a freshman now. I mean, is Davidson that good? Do you know that much about him? Could he possibly be that type of player for Bama next year? It's a great question, and I think the expectations for J.D. Davidson are certainly going to be up there, and you're right. Jamal Suggs is just a heck of a player. Isn't that he's sharp? Um, Incredibly talented young guard has really filled out that Gonzaga team that yeah. isn't short on veteran presence. So it's a good mix, you know, to be able to bring in a young guy like that who is more than capable. Um, Davison is going to be fun to watch. That is the one thing I feel safe in saying at this point, Ira, about J.D. Davison. He's going to be worth the price of admission. He is perfect for what Nate Oates wants to do. Is different to Sexton, gonna, Travis? Is he a different type I, or what? I think in terms of in terms of the the speed at which he plays, yeah. it's going to be similar. Um, wow, kind of that Ja Morant type. You know what I mean? I uh, do. Deal. <laughs> well, so, that's good. I, I just was so I had no idea that kid from Gonzaga was a freshman. But you know, coming in, mm-hmm. uh, it's rare to get a Sexton or a freshman that can. But, man, if he could be that type of point guard leader and uh, player. Yeah, I mean, that that's what we're not going to know until he gets here. I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know enough about him intangibly to speak on that. I, I would think that'll be fine. Um, I think, you know, what you see mostly at J.D. Davison in terms of his clips, it's a lot of high-flying, fast, dunk. So I'm interested to see, yeah. you know, his three-point shot, how efficient is he as a shooter, uh, once you get away from going to the basket, you know, there's going to be some questions, but just in terms of pure talent and uh, dynamic ability, no, J.D. Davison's going to be going to be a lot of fun to watch. Hey, Ira, also go to MLB.com if you're interested in, in being able to, to, Travis, to watch. Travis, it's $24 a month. You know? Yeah, I know, and that, that, but that's the, that's the only thing I know to, to do. Yeah. Um, well, just maybe you can of, find out. It might be another yeah. way, you know, of, an app right. on the computer that would be cheaper. I got you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's tough with these major league organizations, though. NFL, MLB, NBA, um, they get it pretty well locked in. Now, there are some workarounds that I'm not going well, to promote or endorse. Well, let know. me tell you this problem. I, I did the WCNN, the flag station over in Atlanta, but we're in market. See, so you got to be, you got to play right. that card, too. I know, I know. Yeah, it's they they they've got it worked out. You know where they're they're maximizing their revenue streams, and yeah. uh, 
None of it's cheap, unfortunately. I'm I afraid, can't play but dish. We'll I mean, see what I'm under contract, and I'm not going to pay them. I got you. Know, you. Nearly two hundred to get out of that to switch I carriers. That. But, I understand that. Trust me. Well, Ira, mate, we'll see what thank we can you, find Travis. out on this end. But we appreciate the phone call, my man. Have a great Easter weekend. Thank you, Travis. There you goes. Ira checking in. We're going to head to a break. Like Ira said, one old guy to another. We like the old guys around here, though. We are very much pro old guys, as you'll be able to attest to after this next segment with Pops. Coming up next on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Spring. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a sunny sky, the high today 60. Cold again tonight, clear with a low at 33. For tomorrow and Easter Sunday, lots of sunshine both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow 68 for Sunday, the high at 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. celebrating some birthdays you heard from leon wilkison former bass player late bass player for leonard skinnard and then of course right there marvin gay the late great marvin gay born on this day in 1945 so there you go Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line right now. A Marvin Gaye fan of some note, Pops, waits for us there. Pops, how about a little Marvin Gaye on a Friday? The boy the boy can do it. I'm telling you. Can flat out do it. Flat out do it. Died one day short of what would have been his 45th birthday. Oh, my goodness. Yep, died on April 1st, 1984. That's a day good. short of his birthday on April the 2nd. Just a tragic deal, man. Yeah. Tragic. He was Tragic. terrific. He really was. He, he was. he was awesome. Pops, we got a big sports weekend. This is another one you're missing out on up here, man. We've got the uh, <laughs> we got the Alabama softball, and then you know your family friends, the Tidwells. Remember the Tidwells, Pops? Yeah. JT. JT yeah. Tidwell. His nephew Blake yeah. is getting the ball Sunday morning in a start here in Tuscaloosa. Who's he playing for? Tennessee Volunteers, starting pitcher. I did. I, I heard. I heard he was going to Tennessee. Yeah, he's well, in that's the rotation great. as a freshman. Yeah. Well, our, 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 Tidwell, our, so. the, the Tidwells will be there then. Yeah, you know, uh, Vicky Tidwell. Yeah. The inside baseball here with Pops on live radio now. Um, yeah. She had messaged me about tickets, but then you know some tickets came available here in the last little bit so she's gonna I, i'm pretty sure her and uh jimmy right yeah jimmy, sure ray. jimmy ray Tidwell. jimmy ray jimmy ray did well i'm pretty sure they'll be at the joe on sunday cheering <laughs> on their uh their well, i know they're up. looking forward 
They're huge yeah. Alabama fans, you know. <laughs> and their well, grandson is playing for Jimmy Ray. Jimmy Ray and Vicky, big Alabama fans, Pop. Big, big yeah. Alabama fans. And the I'm about big, you Tennessee, know. <laughs> they'll have they'll have that uh Bernard they'll have that uh, Tennessee colors yeah. on this weekend. They'll have on that that uh hunting vest orange pops. Uh, and I guarantee you, Vic, you'll have my grandson <laughs> number so and so on the back of it. <laughs> pops, back when uh back when your youngest son played college football, did you and Nana wear those? My son is number whatever pins, you know, that you see they the parents did, wearing they in the games. They did give you those round pins you put on your jersey, I mean, on your shirt. Yeah. Nana had did a you, number 16. Nana wore one. Nana uh, wore one, yes. Usually it's the mamas and the grandmamas and there the girlfriends. You go. There you go. Yeah. But you'd be uh-huh. surprised, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm not a big fan of that. But the, the You're ladies, not a big jersey guy either. You've never no, been a jersey no, guy as a grown that's man. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I could get you an original game-worn Larry Joe Bird jersey, and you wouldn't wear it. No, no, no. I wouldn't wear it, but I'd certainly uh, put it over the mantle in the house. Put it over the fireplace, Larry Bird jersey? No doubt about that. I always get Larry Bird's name wrong, Pops tells me. Every time I call him Larry Bird, Pops always says, no, 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 Messiah, he says. He's the Messiah. That's all there is to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you went and watched some softball a couple nights ago, I heard. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Florida and JU played. Mm-hmm. And uh, Florida Florida put it on them. It was a good game, though. It was 7-1, it was to one, but it wasn't as bad as the score sounded. It mm-hmm. was interesting. You know, I enjoyed it. Pops, did you see where Scotty Lewis has left your Gators now? You're kidding. No. Oh. I mean, you're going to learn about it Sunday. I think uh, Coach White's got problems down there. I'm running your Sunday paper, I know, but uh, this morning it was announced that uh, Scotty Lewis going to the NBA, Pops, or professional. Well, I don't know about the NBA. But pro, yeah. He might be coming back. Uh (laughs) Says he's signing with an agent. Gone. Yeah, he's signing with an agent. He's gone. Right. Right. Yeah. It looks like, though, this morning the Gators picked up a guard from uh, the transfer portal from Missouri, Kansas City. This guy's oh going to come in. So, You know, that, that transfer portal every year now is Stays a, a, hot. a whole new ball game. Stay hot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I've never heard anything like it. Mm-hmm. Pops, I did a show down your way this morning with uh, Shane Matthews, former Florida quarterback. Uh, where do you put Shane Matthews on your pantheon of Gator quarterbacks all time? Where is he ranked? Uh, well, he, he's, he's right there at the top. Mm-hmm. The, the boy went into that season, and uh, in, in, in preseason, he was the fifth ranked quarterback on the roster. Yeah, and he started and was had a well of a yeah. year, and and did a great job for the Gators. And he's a, he's a quality human being too, you know. He, he's he's uh he's everything you're looking for in an athlete, student athlete. He got two wins against Alabama. Thank you very much. Ninety no. and ninety-one, but then he threw the pick to Antonio Langham in that first <laughs> SEC championship I think, game. I think Pops. Antonio knew what was coming, don't you? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and Spurrier loved him some Shane Matthews so much that he didn't put the blame on Shane. He threw poor Monty Duncan, the wide receiver, under the bus. Said he didn't run the right route, you know. <laughs> Spurrier is never going to blame his starting quarterback, especially was, Shane Matthews. Now, Spurrier was getting after some appeal. quarterbacks, but he wasn't getting after Shane. <laughs> now, Shane, yeah. Shane was uh, – I, I was talking to Fred Pruitt, and he said he was listening to you over there on the Gainesville station. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't even know where this show really went, but uh, yeah. well, he I was said on there this morning. He's, he's, yeah. been, he's, he's, listened, he's heard you on the radio, and I said, well, you're getting Tuscaloosa? He says, no, out of Gainesville. He's on a show out of Gainesville. I don't know if they should – I don't know if they should simulcast this show across the southeast, <laughs> but I think Fridays at a quarter to <laughs> noon central ought to be on every station yeah, in the southeast yeah. when we bring pops on. Yeah, because pops. I mean, we we still get feedback. Chocolate lady at Peterbrook, you know, gets somebody in there about every day asking about pops. You know? <laughs> well, they I, love pops. I, I mean, I I don't know how to comment on any of that, mm-hmm. but uh, I do. I mm-hmm. get a kick out of it. You know, it, it, it. I mean, it's to the point where we're just going to change the call letters to pops one hundred point nine. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Well, that's the, the demise of died. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> what do you got for Nana for Easter? You got her some uh, Easter Skittles or something? That's pops? a good. That's a good question. I, uh-huh. I've got. I've got to do something about that. I, I, I at least ought to get her a card or something. You know. You know, growing up with pops, I don't ever recall pops dying eggs with us or anything like that. You know, I don't recall that. With pops. <laughs> I wish you could see the basket she's got sitting here right now. Oh, I know, man. It goes oh, it's, all out. it's ridiculous. And I got, I got bunnies all over the house. Yeah. You know. Well, they multiply, Pops. You know that. <laughs> Around here they do, definitely. You know. Well, have a great weekend, my man. We'll all right. Next week. We'll, talk, we'll talk to y'all later. There he goes. Bye. Easter Pops on a good Friday. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing the show. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to you as well. The Friday Lunch Whistle. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, north of the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Get by there. Treat yourself at the end of a long week to that Yardbird chicken sandwich. Grilled chicken breast, big grilled chicken breast, American cheese, arugula. Slap your mama sauce on top of a buttery soft brioche bun. That and so much more awaits you at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great Easter weekend, everybody.